happy one year happy one year we, we did it we did it but you know we we still haven't quite got it down yet but and i feel like we'd be a lot more excited right now <laughs> if we didn't just deal with a bunch of techno technicalities it's not like anyone listens yeah that's true yeah everyone hates us are like five listeners are five listeners oh <laughs> that's sad just kidding i gotta find my neighborhood i love story. all of you you are the best you guys are the best amy you are firstly first the best neighbor ever but you, all you guys are the best neighbors as well you're my favorite <laughs> and best neighbor so it's been a year and uh it's been a wild one it's been wild we have some memories to share Oh yes, yes we do. Um, do you, do you just want to pull them out so that we're not having to go and back read and forth? Them? Yeah. Okay, I can. So do we're that. not having to mess with the uh, that, or you can give me some. Okay. That we can go back and forth. Yeah. He likes. Oh, I found it. Okay. Leon likes our setup, our new setup. <laughs> For our year, guys, as we said in the last episode, we kind of gifted ourselves the podcast, um, a couple little upgrades. We got some mic arms. We got new chairs. We got tables. We got tables. We can chill out and lounge and tell our stories. Yep. Oh, as long as the sound works. As long <laughs> as the sound works. <clears throat> I'm getting it's, raspy. I don't know why. It's not funny, Brie. Um, so a year ago, at home, every time we have like a fun little memory or some kind of milestone, we write it down and we put it in a jar mm -hmm. and we read it at uh, the new year. So we decided to do this a year ago for the podcast Correct. and read it for our anniversary. Yes. So we're going to do that real quick. We're going to go. We're going to relive some great moments. Yeah. You want to so, go first? Yeah. So let's say. Gavna. Speaking so, of Rip. Oh, when we went to Amy's birthday escape. Amy's birthday escape. Oh, I loved that. Yeah, At the Arctic Asylum. That was so much fun. That was a fun thing. We you. sucked. We are we not. Escape rooms are not our forte. No. <laughs> oh, you put this in here. Uh, love you, best buddy. Feel better. Someone posted this our, in our neighborhood message board, and I will never recover. <laughs> Uh, my favorite soup boy. Um, this was when Amy was sick and not feeling good, and I brought her some a can of expired soup with this neighborhood story that we had read <laughs> about the soup boy. And I put a side note on there that said, "Do not consume the soup. It is hella expired." <laughs> I didn't put the put the date. I forgot to put the date on that. Oh, that's oops. okay. <clears throat> oh, I didn't know you had to put the dates on them. Oh, that's okay. Um, this isn't anything except for our paint night. Oh, I thought someone just threw that in there. No. <laughs> that makes sense. And this is paint a little note? bit, a piece from my scarf that I wore. Oh, yeah. you. <laughs> I like throwing things in there that are like more of like a memorabilia. Yeah. Let's try. What is this bad boy? Oh, episode one, baby ghost murder. <laughs> yeah. September 24th, 2021. Oh, so <laughs> so When will this come out? I the think 23rd? Then. 22nd? Yeah, you go next. Yeah. Um, okay. 25th. Brie, 
This is the text message exchange of me asking if you want to do a podcast <gasps> with me. <laughs> oh, it says, you did that? On 9-2-2021, two, two, hear me out. And you said, listening, LOL. I said, we do a podcast just like, and that's why we drink. You do paranormal and I do true crime. I love it. <laughs> we should, we should frame, frame this. Yeah, we should frame it. <laughs> we should frame a lot of this, like the baby murder. Yeah. Or just get like a cork board and pin it all up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> June 3rd, Amy peed her pants. <laughs> she matched Bree's energy. This is one of our doing that tiktok challenge where i was trying to get you to match my energy <laughs> Did you oh yeah that? that's right Did we that episode was a mess up right that was a mess up oh dang oh. <laughs> that was a good that one hilarious <laughs> oh our ghost tours Yay. from anchorage anchorage that was so much fun you have the wrong date on here you said 820 it wasn't on 820 i was thinking 2020 never mind oh <laughs> august 20th yeah that's so cute. Do you have any more? No. Okay. I have a couple more. So then we've got. Read them to me. Rocket. Oh, when Rocket tried to kill you. Oh my God. Rocket tried to eat me, guys. Yep. Dude. That was on 327. Not my best moment. That was so scary. That was terrifying. <laughs> and then. It's closed. You can't open it. Oh, uh, uh, May 27th, when we had our first fight. Oh, oh sad days. <laughs> Everybody's got to remember them. Everyone's got to remember Haven't had one since. Oh, August or September 18th, What's With the Neighbors was born. born. And then here's the last one. Um, When we hit... 2,000 downloads <laughs> on March 28th. We haven't even been talking about the other ones. We hit 5,000 now. Over I 5, know. 5,000. <laughs> Yay. Yay. I was so happy that we hit over 5,000 before a year. I agree. Yay. Happy one year. Happy one year, buddy. I, there are so many more things that I wish we had put in there, but I we know. just forgot. We just forgot. Next year, we'll do better. But we'll do we're better. Gonna, we're gonna, I think we should definitely do that every year. Like, I, I yeah. agree. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I love it's that. Fun. So this is What's With the Neighbors. I don't think we've said that yet. Uh, True Crime Paranormal Podcast. That is Bury. And that is Amy. And I think. I hope so. Is it the real Amy? Dum, dum, dum. What? Now we're going to keep everybody on a cliffhanger and discover if this is really Amy or if it's her evil twin. Actually, this Amaretto is Amy. Sour. This is her clone. <gasps> Just like, have you heard the conspiracy that Courtney uh, Karda- Kardashian is not the real Courtney Kardashian? No. Oh of course gosh. you've heard that. So funny. <laughs> and uh, have you ever heard the one of, oh, what's her name? The girl, I know her name. It's not Katy Perry. So I know you have a, that's your favorite one. I love, one. that's my favorite one. Yeah. No, the gal that played Rachel in Glee. I know who you're talking about. Okay. Um, there's uh, a Michelle theory. something or? Yeah, I think so. I There's a conspiracy that I absolutely love that she cannot read. 
And, like, to learn her lines, they're, like, read to her and she memorizes them. What? That's a ridiculous it's conspiracy hilarious. theory. Why do people come up with this stuff? Because, like, every time, like, she, when she does, like, book signings, because she has, like, two books out or something. No, she doesn't have. She has, she has a book and she doesn't know how to read. She has two recipe books. Oh, Okay. I think it's. I think it's just a recipe book. It's either a recipe book and a picture book, or it's two <laughs> recipe books. <laughs> and then uh, one of them is just like full of pictures, I guess. Oh. <laughs> and then the other one, uh, a nut, and so they're like, okay, like that's not really that big of a deal. Like she didn't write those, right? And then uh, when she does like book signings for them, she'll like like just do like a like the first couple like strokes and then her assistant takes it from her and finishes the the signature for her wow that's really high maintenance which is really weird like it, even if that's you can't read you can annoying. still write yeah like you can sign your you signature. can still sign like it's a movement of your hand it's not yeah it's really funny <laughs> <laughs> it's r- ridiculous, but I kind of want to believe it now. I know. It's so funny. <laughs> because how ridiculous it is. Absolutely. So I have a neighborhood story for you. Uh, so um, I'm going to send this to you so that you have it afterwards. Okay. But it's a picture of like from someone's ring camera. Okay. And it's a man leaving the house um, in a pineapple costume. What? And it says maniac leaving pineapples at the doorstep this used to be a safe neighborhood (laughs) and it's a guy in a pineapple suit (laughs) you sick (laughs) this used to be a safe neighborhood (laughs) like what (laughs) spongebob's house is coming to get us oh no (laughs) no not spongebob's house But oh why? I don't know. Why? <laughs> what are you doing? He just left pineapples? He just leaves pineapples. I mean, I've, I got a strange pineapple. That. I'd be like, thank you. I'd be like, I love pineapples. Hell yeah. Well, and it's not like you eat the outside of the pineapple. Yeah. So to commemorate our, what, oh, you okay there? Did yeah, you just, I just knock yourself in the head? Oh, did you <laughs> no. did it splash up in your yeah. eye? Oh, that's the worst, especially when it's carbonated. Yeah. The fruit ones are the worst. Um, I'm good. Brie didn't like that. That's not a very good sign. It's a sage spray. I made dinner last night and Rick came home and ate a bunch of crackers and cheese. (laughs) And then was like, I'm full. I was like, okay. And so then, like, an hour later, I come downstairs and he's cracking open, like, microwavable cheese curds. Oh, my gosh. I was like... Are you hungry? And he's like, yeah, I'm hungry. He's like, I Did made dinner. dinner. <laughs> yeah. Did he eat any of it? No. Josh has done that before. He'll like, like an hour. He won't eat. He'll eat breakfast and he won't eat lunch and he won't eat anything all day mm-hmm. until dinner time. And then like right before dinner time, he grabs a whole he bunch of snacks snack. and just starts snacking. And I'm like, you know, dinner's going to be in like an hour. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Okay, well, you're going to get full, and then dinner time. No, I won't. Dinner time comes and be like, he'll eat like one plate or one helping of something. And I'm like, is that all you're going to eat? Yeah, I'm real full. 
probably yeah. all those damn starbursts you just choked down, dude. Seriously. <laughs> At least he eats a helping. Rick won't even yeah. eat a helping. He, he'll he usually eat a helping of the meat portion, but usually uh, not yeah. the sides. Yeah. He tried. He knows a I'm a sides person. Thing. I love sides. Me too. Love sides. And then why don't they make and sides? I feel like I go more. Yeah. Same. Josh will just eat turkey on Thanksgiving. Like he will go to town and just eat a whole bunch of turkey. But like me, I love my sides. He is a serial killer. <laughs> What the heck? You know, he cuts it with the butcher knife whenever, as he's eating, too. Makes so much as he's eating? No. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Please do that again. That like was a so big cute. butcher knife. <laughs> <laughs> Love uh, it. I can't wait to hear your story. Okay. So, to commemorate our uh, first episode, I wanted to, because I did the, the first Conjuring movie, The Parent Family Haunting. So I thought it would be fitting to do the second Conjuring movie, the Enfield Haunt or the Enfield Poltergeist, which is, yeah, um, it is an Ed and Lorraine Warren case. So okay, that is really cool that you're doing that. Yeah, well, I originally did was you gonna... say that. No, you didn't. No, you I was originally going to do Peggy. Yeah, but I did Peggy last week, and I just said her name twice. Um, and I'm going to say her name a lot more because there happens to be a character in this. Oh, Peggy. no. And I was like, oh, wow, that's weird. Well, just don't look in the mirror and say it three times. Yeah. Just kidding. That's yeah. Bloody Mary. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, maybe it works that way, too, with her. Okay, stop it. We respect you. Sorry. Also, sorry for people. Oh, okay. everyone, last week, after the day after Brie told that story, oh, yeah. I woke up, sat, uh, I thought I had, like, a runny nose, so, like, I wiped it with my sleeve because I'm a child, and I was like... Oh, you know, no big deal. Didn't look at my hand or my sleeve. And I sit up and there's like my mouth filled up with like this metallic taste. And I was like, what the heck? That's super weird. And I sit up and blood just drains from my nose. And you had a headache. And I had a headache. Well, I, I talked that oh, yeah, something that's else. Right. <laughs> but the bloody nose, I didn't because I don't get yeah. bloody noses. Yeah. It you was... like snapped me and or and I didn't pay attention to it right away. And you texted me, you're like, Brie, look at your snap. And I looked at it and there's like all this blood on your face. And I'm like, no. And yeah. I immediately call her and I'm like, are you okay? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bloody nose and I got a bloody so nose later too. Yeah. So t- like two bloody noses. Mm-hmm. And so when I was, was editing. was a ton of blood. Yeah, it was way more. It wouldn't stop. Normally, like you can clog it. Yeah, I couldn't clog it. It wouldn't. It was just everywhere. But and then I was scared for editing, but it turned out to be okay. I mean, we had our we our, have our own a issues. couple issues, but yeah. you know, we we can't blame that on that at this point. We really want to. <laughs> we really want to, but we can't. So, anyways, go ahead. Okay. Now. So, I already said all that me remembering stuff without reading it (sighs) so let's begin on august 30th 1977 at a small detached home in the suburbs of enfield london england at i can totally see it from here but i just want they're my blue light ones so i want to make sure uh very cute that she had to put on glasses everyone let me let me see what that word is there (laughs) Uh, no, I just have astigmatism. I'm good. Okay. Uh, the, in the oh, suburbs my ears of, hurting. 
Oh my gosh. No, like it's really hurting. Yeah. Like no. a sharp pain. Stop. Ow. Bree, what's. Okay, keep talking. I'll just sit here in pain. Why are you looking at me like that? Are you okay? Yeah, my ear just hurts. Okay, so um, in a small detached home in the suburbs of Enfield, London, England at 284 Green Street, <clears throat> this was the home of the Hodgson family, a single mother, Peggy, and her four children, Margaret at age 13, Janet at age 11, Johnny at age 10, and Billy at age 7. Uh, the kids the kids were settling down for the evening when Peggy heard the children yelling in their room uh, that their dresser chest was moving. That kind of makes me think of the bunk bed story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also uh, uh, Battersea Poltergeist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very similar. And it's in the same area, too. It's okay. very similar. And in the same time. Oh. Yeah. It's all. That's why they thought that that one was such a hoax was because this had just happened. That's right. Okay. Um. So uh, Peggy went to investigate, of course, and told the kids. She said, pack it up and go to sleep. Uh-huh. Like, stop playing around. Quit messing around. This mm-hmm. is enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm a mom. I get it. I get it. Uh, she got to the room and found that the dresser was indeed moving away from the wall. Janet Hodgson was quoted to the news saying, uh, it started in the back bedroom. The chest of drawers moved and you could hear shuffling. So when Peggy attempted to move the furniture back in its place, she witnessed it slide towards her again. And when she attempted to move it a final time, she couldn't. Oh, my gosh. So now let me add a couple little things first. Okay. Uh, Janet had just told her mom that the brothers' beds were shaking the night before. Uh, but she just passed it off as wild imagination like right. moms do. I mean, right. it's kind of what you, you can't feed into that right because it could be nothing correct it likely is nothing correct and second janet you also don't want to scare the kids yeah exactly yeah uh janet admitted to playing with a ouija board prior to everything that's going gonna go down here she janet. admitted that later on so now obviously she had believed them and she ran to the neighbor's house vic nottingham uh, Vic was described as a big burly man, and when he came into the home, they had heard unexplained knocking. Vic said, I went in there, and I couldn't make out these noises. There was knocking on the walls, in the bedroom, on the ceiling. I was beginning to get a bit frightened. Oh, and he wasn't the kind of guy, like, he was a big, tough guy. He wasn't yeah. the kind of guy to, like, that you'd think would get shaken up. Correct. <clears throat> uh, they had suspected someone was playing a prank on them of course that's what you got to jump to first okay so they called the police they came out at 1 a.m in the morning the police checked the walls attic and pipes and they found nothing to explain any of the unusual noises at one point one of the officers uh was left in the living room with the family and while while they were there the lights started switching on and off and the oldest son johnny pointed to one of the chairs which appeared to be wobbling Uh from side to side Oh, my god! Then they saw the chair slide across the floor three to four feet <gasps> towards the kitchen wall. Just right in front of them. Just, yep. So it was like, there's your proof. <laughs> uh, the chair was inspected, of course, for any kind of wires or any kind right, of trickery. Right. And there was nothing found. The police left and they were like, there's nothing we can do. Like, like there's no one breaking the wall. Yeah. yeah. 
Sorry. Good luck. Oh, no. So it got worse. Uh, The neighbor Vic and his son returned to the home the next day, and they said that they were attacked by flying Legos and marbles in the home. Oh, my gosh. That sucks. That would hurt. (laughs) Uh, Over the following days, other people came to the home uh, to help, including members of the council and clergy, but they obviously couldn't do anything. Uh huh. Things continued to get worse. Eventually, the neighbor had called the newspaper, the Daily Mirror, uh, to come and check out the haunting. Oh, my gosh. When the reporter slash re- photographer showed up, Graham Morris, uh, he came and nothing happened. It was just all chill. Okay. For so there was nothing he could have done. Yeah. For a while, nothing was happening. And he's just like, all right, nothing's happening. I'm going to leave. Yeah. So as he's heading out the door, he was immediately called back into the home. And he had said it was chaos. Things were flying around and people were screaming. And he got to, he got hit in the head with a Lego brick. A Lego brick? Yeah. Yeah. What's a Lego brick? <laughs> like a little brick. Like a little oh, like Lego. Oh, l- a little Lego. Like a Lego, okay. le- Lego piece. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking like this big old giant Lego. brick just smacked. <laughs> he's dead now. He's you know, dead. Goodbye. Rip. <laughs> uh, another convincing incident occurred on September 8th. At 1 a.m., 1.15 a.m., when they had heard a loud crash in the kids' room and found two of the girls asleep and a chair had flipped moving and <gasps> moved across the room. Like, they slept through it. Oh, How my gosh. Did sleep through that? Maybe it was very quiet. It I don't, was like I don't doing know. Acrobats. But they heard it in a whole nother, they heard it downstairs. Oh, but the girls They were downstairs, through. but the girls didn't hear it. Yeah, they slept through it. It's amazing what kids maybe can sleep they, through. But maybe they were used to it, too, though. Oh, that's true. Uh, this is what broke this story. It made headlines. Peggy appeared on the radio, was interviewed multiple times, uh, and realizing that the newspaper people obviously weren't qualified to help these people, the Society for Fiscal Research was called, um, SPR for short, for short. Fiscal Research. Okay. Yeah, fiscal. Uh, they sent a Maurice, Maurice Gross and a Guy Playfair. Okay. Uh, when they arrived, they first noticed the atmosphere of the house. That was the first thing they noticed. They noticed that everyone seemed terrified, um, and they did like their emotions seemed genuine. Okay, like these people are actually scared like, of something. Help they us. are going through something. Yeah. Uh, some of the other first things that they noticed were objects being thrown, like marbles. And when oh they gosh. had landed, they wouldn't roll, and they were hot to the touch. Oh, what the heck? Yeah, it was really weird. From then on, uh, Morris Gross had witnessed more than 2,000 incidents over his stay. He even conducted his own investigations, hiding recorders and cameras to see if any of the children were behind it all, Uh but didn't really find anything. Uh, Janet, who had seemed to be the main center of it all, mentioned things such as uh, furniture turning over, cups filled with water, fires igniting, voices, and levitation. Other activity included sofas levitating and spinning, the family being pulled from their beds. Oh, my gosh. Ongoing knocking, following them them down the hall and around the home, and Janet began to go into uh, violent trance-like states. Oh, my gosh. So one of the fits that she she went into became so bad one night she couldn't sleep. Um, So they called a doctor who gave her 10 milligrams of Valium, which as an adult you would be knocked the – out yeah so it knocked her out um after all was settled she was asleep all the adults left the room 
And not long after, they had heard a crash come from her room. So her uncle came up there, and he found her asleep on top of a radio that was, like, on, like, another area. Like, it was high up. Like, you wouldn't just go up there and crawl. And she was asleep. She was dead asleep. I'm trying to picture. It's like a giant-ass radio in the 70s. Yeah. Picture the 70s. Like, like it's the size of a you TV. You would die if you got hit by a radio then. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be at least one death in the 70s of being hit by radio. <laughs> What's the cause of death? Radio dropped on the head. <laughs> radio killed the radio killed the guy walking next to her (laughs) oh i think we just found the title no just kidding um so throughout this graham morris gathered a lot of uh he was the one who was the photographer for the newspaper Uh uh-huh um so he was still taking pictures for the newspaper and he gathered a lot of evidence so he had rigged up like a camera to take pictures whenever motion or movement was triggered and one of the okay. photos captured was one of the very famous pictures. Oh my gosh, Brie. So it looks like a lot of people dispute that picture picture because it kind of does look like she is jumping. It does. But but how there's no way she jumped unless she jumped from like it's her really bed. High. Yeah, that's what a lot of people would say. Um you can't jump that. But there's high. Mul- like if you look up infield poltergeist, there's multiple like pictures of them being thrown so or she's them being in the thrown. air there's so there's two kids yes. on that bed yeah her sister's in the other one her sister margaret they've both been pulled out of their beds there's like they I said, look distraught the yeah, ones that exactly are in the and bed. then that and then um yeah look at uh, the carpet uh, i know <laughs> i'll get to that um to the i know carpet? The, to the carpet <laughs> uh, there's a lot of posters on the walls too from the 70s like yeah, uh, that's starsky cute. and hutch yeah <laughs> um they they keep them in the movie too in the conjuring too oh, okay um you're gonna get to the kids yeah okay. i'll get to all that fun stuff um so yeah that's probably the most wildly widely known photo for this um particular case um and it just got out everywhere everyone had seen this picture yeah. um it was a lot everything was a lot on the family peggy was always on the edge uh breaking down the kids were even getting bullied in school they'd seen newspaper they headlines were, why would they get bullied for they'd that? seen things about the girl being possessed and whatnot and uh they would call janet ghost girl and put crane i don't oh i meant to look this up they put crane flies down her back i have no idea what that is but it sounds terrible they just sound like really big flies, it's like horse flies. That or like like a paper crane. I don't oh. know. I don't know, but they put them down her back. That's um, mean. It is mean. Uh, one of the brothers also would be called Freak from the Ghost House, and people no. would spit at him in the street. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, and I mention this because people say that um, the family did this. Did, this was all a hoax, and the family did this for the media and the money. But why, if this was what you got out of it, and why continue? Yeah, you would, like, make a thing, like, yeah. oh, it's gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the family was scared and traumatized. Uh, they were either all sleeping in the same room with the lights on, or at um, sometimes they were sleeping at Peggy's brother's house, who uh-huh. lived down the road. Um, and while they were staying there, at one point, his wife, um, a.k.a. her sister-in-law, was making tea. And a Lego brick just appeared in midair in front of her and dropped on the table. 
So this confirmed that it could follow them. Oh, whatever it was. Like it my. just, they just saw like this toy floating and then just dropped. Um, I, I would, that would freak me oh out. Oh my gosh. I'd be gosh. like, get out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go. Sorry. I love you, but not that much. <laughs> not today, <laughs> Satan. <laughs> Uh, even though it was mainly Janet, Peggy and Margaret were also, uh, having, getting affected by this. Like they had headaches and bad dreams, but like, like I said, it was mainly around Janet. Okay. People passing by or neighbors had even seen things like in the windows. They had seen Janet levitate at one point. Oh my god! Uh, they had seen apparitions and even a cushion being transported to the roof. <laughs> I was like, "What is that? What is going on? What is what is that cushion doing over there?" Uh, so the family was sent away for to take a break from the home during this. And uh, Maurice Gross, the guy who was investigating a lot of it, heard uh, he was staying there, and he had heard some barking coming from Janet's bed. Oh, they didn't have a dog. Uh, like he, from her bedroom or underneath from her, bed? her bed. He had conducted an interview, and while using knocks or raps, as they called it, uh-huh. and I guess that's essentially like a way com- of communicating with spirits through knocks. I or feel tapping. like you've talked about that before. I don't know. Maybe I have. Maybe I mentioned it in the other one uh, with uh, Ghost Adventures or Ghost Hunters. One of them. Maybe they they did that. That was Grace and Ghost Rap. We just lost like 40 listeners. All 40 of them? All 40 of them. Oh, wait. I just said we only had five earlier. <laughs> we just lost all five of our listeners. So he began with simple yes or no questions. Uh, one knock for no and two knocks for yes. So yeah, far, you've talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've never. I didn't know that they had um, that another word for it was raps, though. Oh, I gotcha. thought that was different. So, so far he had found out some things about the spirit that was there and uh, he had found out that it was a male and it had lived in the house for more than 50 years or more than 50 years ago. And then it proceeded to throw a box and a pillow at Maurice. Ow, don't throw pillows at me. Ow. (laughs) The cushion. (laughs) Not the cushion. Um, I guess that'd be better than... Legos. A Lego brick. Or yeah. freaking marble. Or like a, or a radio. I mean, that would suck to get a radio thrown at you. Wait, I thought that she fell yeah, asleep. Yeah, she fell asleep on, on okay. it. No, no radios no radios were thrown in the in No the radios were harmed in the poltergeist. making of this part poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> um on November tenth, a psychic and this is all the same year. November tenth, a psychic named Edward I'm so comfortable right now, named Eduardo Balamps. I think you and Leon are Bl- both. Bl- we are. Blomnovsky came to visit Janet on her birthday by using a mag- magnometer. Uh, he had found a spike in the magnetic field when a pillow was thrown around the machine. Duh. Uh, the psychic had suggested to leave pens and paper around the home for the spirit to leave messages. So okay. this ended up being re- effective. It resulted in a lot of messages being left around the home. Oh my gosh. One of them, one of the first ones found, uh, was found by Peggy and it said, I will stay in this house. Do not read this to anyone or I will retaliate. But she read it to someone. <laughs> she, I, I saw that she had read it to her ex-husband, <laughs> which had pissed her off, pissed 
the spirit off. Oh, but <laughs> I was thinking like it was like it was it was a misunderstanding, is what it had, had replied. I believe. How do you misunderstand? I know. That I was like, it oh, says, oh, it's an accepting not- ghost. <laughs> it's like it's okay. It was just a misunderstanding. We're no. good. <laughs> How do you We're misunderstand? Cool. Do not read do, out loud. Or I will retaliate. And she's like, I don't know. I took it as like, maybe you could. It's it's also really long too, which was a lot of weird things that how specific and how long it was. Uh, another note was found asking, can I have a tea bag? So Peggy left one on the counter and later on a ripped tea bag manifested beside it. Like what? What are you using this for? I I have questions. <laughs> How <laughs> did it? Was it empty? Maybe it. It was red. That's what I wondered. Like, was it empty? Did it use it? Did it like? Did it like? Did put it eat the, the... the stuff inside the toilet and drink some tea? Some toilet tea. The toilet tea. <laughs> that sounds like a toilet toilet like a prison hooch. thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so on the site that I had used, they noted that the writing was also really similar to Janet's, but whenever I was reading it, I was like, well, isn't it using her to write this? Cause it's using her for, right. Well, you'll, that doesn't make any sense. You'll find out in just a second. Okay. So on November 29th, a medium named Louise Gaspreto came and tried to offer spiritual healing. Louise went into a trance and um, made drawings and paintings. And after he had left, he be- he Janet began to create her own pictures. Oh. They weren't unicorns and rainbows. Just I was spoiler alert. Dang it. I knew they it. were disturbing, bloody pictures. She wrote Watson all over one of them. Who's which Watson? turns out there was a family by that name that once lived there and the wife had passed of a tumor in her throat which were actually comparable to some of the pictures that janet had drawn oh my gosh that's not freaky what why would she be haunting the place though i don't know okay so in the beginning of december janice was found by maurice morris sliding down the stairs head first asleep uh oh my god like dead asleep Oh, that would hurt so bad. And she was pulled out of bed. Oh. Uh, December 10th, the entity was challenged to speak aloud, and they had heard what first sounded like a dog bark and whistling, and it turned out to de- be a deep voice claiming to be Joe Watson, the Watson family. Oh. Over the next few nights, the voice continued, but was now saying it was Bill Wilkins. Who's that? So... Uh, the voice of Bill Wilkins was a raspy, deep voice that seemed to be coming from Janet. Morris told her, he's like, that's coming from you. And she's like, no, it's behind me. What? So to prove this, he's, like, he's like, no, that's definitely you. It's coming from you. So he made, he made her hold water in her mouth. And still they heard the voice clearly. And he even, at one point, he even taped her mouth. And then they even called a voice therapist in to determine it, but they couldn't. What the heck? Yeah. Um, so do you think, like, it was like she was throwing? You know how people can throw their voice? It was, I mean, it. you'll see. Okay. Um, so the voice claiming to be Wil- Bill Wilkins um, 
this is i don't know if i already meant i didn't mention this this is probably one of the most uh documented cases out there because of how much footage and how much recordings and how many pictures they got oh, are you talking about this uh, case overall this, okay so i'm gonna play you a couple clips and this is coming from her voice. Yeah. From her mouth. From, from behind her. Oh, behind her. Why can't Janet sue you? I'm invisible. You're invisible? Why are you invisible? So much you hang out as... This sound is freaking weird. Yeah, it and sounds like a like a like a pirate. <laughs> I was gonna say a demonic lion. <laughs> Arr, Mufasa. <laughs> um, Scar. And that would go on sometimes for like three hours at wow. a time. Uh, to reflect the recording, uh, it had stated that the voice was Bill Wilkins, who had died um, in the home. Um, for those of you that look it up, I'll go further. It says that it, he had said that he had died in the home of a hemorrhage downstairs in a chair. And when they'd asked why they couldn't see him, it responded by saying, I'm invisible because I'm a G-H-O-S-T. This was later confirmed um, not only by research, but the son of Bill Wilkins oh. came forward named Terry that he had lived there and he had died there. So. I am so confused that, like, the way that normally, like, the way that, like, all the stories that you've done, like, normally they die in a, a sinister way. I mean, he, had, I mean, that's pretty traumatic. He died downstairs of a brain hemorrhage. Yeah, but, I mean, like, sinister, like, like someone like killed Like they were murdered. Yeah, or traumatic. Like yeah. That. So it's interesting how. I don't know. I just I I'm not I'm not doubting. Oh yeah, this, yeah no. but it's because it's just different. It, they're so angry. Yeah. He didn't I mean he just didn't want to leave, I guess. Uh so they decided to hypnotize Janet and they asked her a couple questions. Um they had said, "Do you know who is doing all this?" She responded, "Me and my sister." They said, "Why do you think you are to blame?" And she said, "I don't know who is." And then they had asked, what does it feel like? Cold hands gripping me, gripping me around my body. Oh, my god! Who started the trouble? None of us. What is the cause of the trouble? An increase of unhappiness. Wow. Um, so they say that poltergeists are really common, like, during, like, especially girls around puberty. Like, Battersea poltergeists same situation around the same age yeah and they say like changes in emotions and hormones and stuff like that and they were going through a traumatic time in their life their dad had left them right so they're they were in a single home or with their mom who was a single mom um they were going through a lot of stuff so i think that what she meant like increased unhappiness was her talking about herself as yeah. like they were just unhappy and Maybe she was the cause of this or felt that she was the cause of this. Okay. So mid-December, I'm almost done. But it's not like 
that's not why this is happening to no. her. No, 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 no. But she just happens to be the target. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so mid-December, Janet began to levitate. It was not only witnessed by her sister, but by a local lady named Hazel, who had just happened to be passing by. I had mentioned her briefly earlier. And she saw her floating through her window, going up and down in a horizontal position, as if someone had got a hold of her legs and her back and was throwing her up and down. Oh, my gosh. On Friday, December 23rd, the family goldfish died, and Bill admitted to electrocuting it in the tank... In the tank using his spirit energy. Bill. Come on, Bill. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Come on, baby. Come on, you butthead. He doesn't know what he wants. On Christmas, the pet parakeet was found dead in the cage. Oh and on that same ja- day, Janet was found being choked by a curtain wrapped around her neck. And in her interview, she had stated that that was the most frightening encounter um, was when a curtain wrapped itself around her neck next to her bed. Oh, my god! She also claimed that a knife was following her around um, in the home upstairs. And later, Peggy, the mom, had found um, a knife upstairs that just didn't belong. What the heck? On January 15th, Peggy's birthday, uh, writing was found on a wall which was seemed to be used by fecal matter. And oh. diarrhea puddles were found. Ew. Talk about poo. <laughs> and when it was sent off to be tested, it showed up as cat urine. Did they have a cat? Nope. But it was diarrhea puddles. Yeah. Like, I thought that was really weird. Huh. Uh, Peggy even saw a man go upstairs from the waist down. Then a message in electrical tape was put on the bathroom door that said, I am Fred. Was it the Onward Brothers' dad? The what? From the movie Onward? I've never... Oh, I have seen that. I love that movie. <laughs> he's, he's just like, hey, from the waist down. It's a Chris oh. Pratt movie. <laughs> I get it now. What are you doing? You're laying on your dad. He He's fine with it. Trust me. Oh, they're so sweet. I'll cuddle up over here to me. He, 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 like, Leon just lets him do whatever he wants. And oh, Leon's like, okay. You're the coolest dad, Leon. Yeah. Uh, in May, Ed and Lorraine got wind of this whole case and showed up uninvited for just one day. Uninvited. Okay, they put uninvited in the site that I uh, saw, but in their interviews with the family and them, they didn't make it sound like they were pissed about it. They right. had just not been invited. Like, they just came because they heard about the case and they wanted to help. So you're, like, it's not like... Everyone's invited but you. Yeah. It's they just didn't invite them. They yeah. didn't think to exactly. and they showed up. Yeah. So the movie The Conjuring 2 was very misleading though, um, on their part in the whole thing. Uh but if anything, like they weren't they were only there for one day, but in the movie they were there like several days, like maybe a week or so. Okay. Um, but if anything, I guess they they had brought comfort to the family. Which is what Janet had said in an interview as an adult. That's and good. when they arrived, Lorraine confirmed that there was a spirit there, not necessarily evil, but she was concerned about it. That's it sounds like it's evil. Yeah. Yeah, right. So also in a book called The Demonologist, Ed stated inhuman in inhuman spirit phenomena were in progress. 
Now you couldn't record the dangerous, threatening atmosphere inside the little house, but you could film the levitations, teleportations, and dematerializations of people and objects that were happening there. Not to mention the many hundreds of hours of tape recordings made of these spirit voices speaking out loud in the rooms. Oh my gosh. So that's what he stated in a book. Eventually, on July 25th of 1978, Janet was sent to stay at the Maudsley Hospital for for a psychiatric evaluation. Oh, that poor girl. Well, she was given a clean bill of health. Um, she had no brain damage, no epilepsy, anything like that. That would be something that you would want to check. Okay. Um, it obviously eased her mind, and she returned home on September the 1st. And within six weeks, she had immediately she'd seen uh, the apparition of a little boy. <gasps> a month later, a medium was brought into the home who determined there was a 24-year-old woman involved in the case. And Maurice, Maurice, Maurice Gross had had a daughter who had just passed in a car crash at the age of 24. And evidently her name was Janet. So um, after this was brought to light, things started calming down and just stopped. So uh, the haunting lasted for over 18 months. However, over the years, the family claimed to feel some kind of presence there and heard occasional noises, but nothing like that was crazy. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, but single mom, like, yeah, I get it. Maybe yeah. you couldn't afford it. Uh, Janet left home at 16 and married young. Her brother, John, died in, in 1981, which wasn't long after that. What? At just 14. Why? Peggy, I don't know. Uh, Peggy remained, I think it was cancer. Peggy, no, she had, the mom had cancer too, though. I don't remember. Uh, Peggy remained at the home until her death in 2003. Uh, since the events, Janet, Margaret, and even Peggy had made some appearances on TV, papers, books, movies, and radio. Um, and movies were made based on this. Like? The Conjuring 2. They're and in that movie? No, no, no. No, but they were there to they consult help. with. Okay. Yeah, they consulted with it. I like it when they bring... Like, actually, people, that, like, that were in it in yeah. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. They showed them in the end, and I think they did interviews with them. Oh, okay. And they brought, like, they, they did, like, a... I watched some behind-the-scene interview where they were reunited with Lorraine Warren because she was still alive at the time, and they were, like, so happy to see her. They were like, oh, oh my gosh. And she's like, you've grown. <laughs> you've grown. You've grown. It's, what happens? It's been a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Let's get to the skeptic side because there, this is a huge case for skeptics and just people, a lot of people believe this whole thing was a hoax. Was the Conjuring one, was there a lot of skeptics? Um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of skeptics with all of it, all of them, but yes, there was quite a few skeptics on that one, but yeah, not as bad as this one. Oh, okay. Um, so the children not only were caught fabricating some of the occurrences, but they admitted to some of it. Well, I mean, the, the son Bill was trying to w- use his ghost. What what did he call it? His spirit in- energy. No, Bill. That was Bill Wilkins. Bill. Wil- that was the ghost that killed the fish. Bill. Why Wilkins, did I think that? the spirit, not the son, the spirit killed the fish. <laughs> Maybe because of the story you read recently where you talked about a son killing, drowning a fish. 
Oh, maybe. <laughs> I was like. Because I actually got confused because of that story with this. And I had to go back and remember who Bill was. And okay. I was like, oh, that was Bill Wilkins that did that. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, Sorry. <laughs> you're good. So, yeah, they they were caught fabricating some of the things, pulling pranks, as they called them. Uh, Janet admitted to the news in 1980 that once or twice they faked phenomena just to see if uh, they would get caught. And they always did. They bent spoons. They bent spoons, sorry. Attempted to bend an iron bar. Oh, my God. They Lord. banged brooms against the ceiling. And they ha- they like to hide the tape recorder. And also, no, it was questioned why no one was allowed in the room with Janet whenever she would go into her trance, like her trance-like states. But, like, there's videos and stuff of other people in the room with her. So, I don't know. Okay. I don't know how true that was. I want to... Give them the benefit of the doubt. They're kids. They're kids. Exactly. And. They wanted attention. They wa- They had new people coming in the home. Well, not just attention, but maybe they're like, maybe bringing the attention will help make this thing go away. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But like that, that was the biggest argument was that they were kids and they're yeah. just playing. They think it's funny. They they think it's okay. One, well, so. if the mom is like, okay, they did these things, but these other things are still happening. Yeah, Something's how, how, still how happening. Are you gonna, how are you going to talk yourself out of your kid levitating in the air? Exactly. And, and other people witnessing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And multiple people witnessed it too. Yeah. Uh, as an adult, Janet was asked just how much they actually like faked any of anything that had happened and she said maybe two percent okay so if anything was done it wasn't a lot of it um also i mentioned that a lot of tests were done whenever that voice was coming out of janet or behind janet as of filling like filling water filling her mouth with water uh tape and the voices still occurred after Uh examination from a speech therapist they said that the only way that they could see that that voice would be coming out of her would be that, um, I guess it resembled like a false vocal cord tone, which is where there's a voice effect known as, oh my God, I'm going to bitch this, plica ventricularis, which is where the muscle tension is behind the throat, can, can produce sounds independent of vocal cords. However, using this, doing this, often results in ex- an extremely sore throat or can do serious damage to your voice. Oh, okay. And she would do this for three hours at a time. Like, there's no way. And she would talk normal afterwards. Afterwards. So. So she's not doing this. There's. I'm pretty sure that would be obvious, especially if you had water in your mouth. <laughs> You'd be spitting it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they had a ventriloquist show up at one point too to like see oh okay yeah i thought that was neat uh also people questioned maurice morris's ties to the whole thing because he suspect like after finding out that there was a 24 year old uh woman spirit there it could have been his daughter janet who had passed away uh, at the age of 24 okay same age as the spirit was right um but believe what you want right there's tons of evidence on youtube you guys should totally watch it watch the conjuring too although there is a lot of different things in it it's hollywood i do want to watch it it's it's have you seen it i don't think so it's so good i don't even know if i've seen the first oh my gosh it's so good the voice in it that they use for bill wilkins sounds exactly like those tapes whoa yeah it's really good 
Um, so that's the story of the Enfield Poltergeist, aka Conjuring Two. Thank you. You're welcome. That wasn't that wasn't as scary as I. I think you know what actually. I think that's one of the more scarier ones that you've done, except for the dolls. Except for the dolls. <laughs> yeah. I, poltergeist ones always freak me out. Poltergeist yeah. ones and uh, possession ones freak me out. Possession ones definitely. There was freak a little bit out. of kind of like possession in that one. Though, that's what. So. Uh, yeah. All right. Let me tell you my the rest of my story here. So if. You haven't listened to episode 51 or 50. I suggest you go back and listen to those for my story because it is required. It is. We're going to be testing after this (laughs) and you need to know the full facts. Exactly. Uh, I did a three part series. This is the third part on for the death of Travis Alexander. Yeah. Um, And so the finale you of the trilogy yes the trilogy the trilogy is about to end guys um so the last episode i talked about how like she took away and said that those two murderers were not in the house ever and um she ended up uh saying self-defense she killed travis in self-defense correct so, on January 2nd, 2013, almost five years after the murder of Travis, the first day of trial began. What? Yeah. Why? Uh, Was she in jail this whole time? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. So, and normally, it with really complicated, I shouldn't say really complicated, because this really sounds like a sh- shut and closed case, but... <laughs> Uh, so was ours. She threw out new information. Well, yes. And the defense attorney, along with the prosecutor, they're allowed to put it off. Okay. And ask for a continuation. Hmm, I wonder. That never happens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that so many times. <laughs> so, um, five years go by. And on January 2nd, 2013... The first day of trial starts. The deputy attorney, Juan Martinez, opening statement was to basically set the stage of what happened. His goal was to show her jealousy for not going to Cancun with him. I'd be jealous, too. I mean, (laughs) and how she planned to kill Travis. And because he really wanted to get her on premeditated murder. Murder. Right. Because he wanted, he was seeking the death penalty. Okay. So, and that would get her the death penalty. So he was like, I'm, I really need to plant this in everyone's mind that this was premeditation. So, uh, Jennifer Wilma was Jody's attorney's co-counsel and Jennifer's opening statement, uh, included Jody's quote unquote abuse from Travis. She really just painted this horrible picture of Travis and like, which is awful for his family to hear. Yeah, and he's not even there to defend himself. Yeah. yeah. So that's just well, I will say you can't defend yourself in tri- in court. You have to like. You're regardless. You are torn to shreds. Yeah. From either side. Yeah. Regardless of the situation, your whole life is an open book and yeah. you can't say anything back. That happened to me. Yeah. So, I mean, it's you you can't say anything. Anyway, so uh 
they're you know we're claiming that Jody was Travis's dirty little secret, and he used Jody to f- fulfill his sexual urges, and it shocked the community, the Mormon community, because no one knew this about Travis. Um, and so Jody no had fans, but they're gonna believe the woman. Exactly. So they said Jody had to defend herself after Travis was angry at her and attacked her. In a fit of rage. The DA brought in Miami or Mimi Hall, which was that last girl that was going to go to Cancun with right, him. Right, right, yeah. Who found him. Y- yes. Yep, okay. you're right. Uh, to stand to defend Travis's reputation. She said she ne- never felt threatened uh, by Travis or showed any sexual urges. He never showed any sexual urges towards her. And Mimi even said towards the last few months of his life, Travis told her about a female stalker stalker that she had or he had. And she slashed his tires multiple times, broke into his email and bank account and would even sneak in through the doggy door of his house and uh, sleep on his couch without him knowing until he'd wake up the next morning. What? Like he go down and catch her, yeah. Or he would, she would leave before he would catch her. Okay, but mind you, he also was sleeping with her on the side. Okay, so was it a little exaggerated? Maybe, or maybe she was a stalker. Did he tell her? Did he tell Mimi who? Okay, he did not. I uh, however, he never told Mimi who it was. So the medical examiner was brought to the stand and the report he made showed Travis the report that he had made showed Travis had been stabbed stabbed 27 times in the back, Jeez. the head, the neck, the chest. That's literally angry. everywhere. You were angry. You were angry. That that's overkill. Yeah. So he also had a cut in his throat from one ear to the other. Oh my god. He was nearly decapitated when he was found. Ah. <sighs> On top of that, he also had a gunshot wound above his left eyebrow. Yeah. How did they not hear that? Maybe it happened when no one was Maybe. in the house. Yeah, that's right. They worked. They had. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So with the photo shown of these wounds, it shocked the courtroom. And I mean, obviously it shocked everyone. Um, but it even made it difficult for Jody to look at the photos which was an interesting tidbit yeah um after going over his initial wounds the medical examiner explained defense wounds and how you would have like bruises or scratches uh on you from trying to defend yourself right he had he ended up sh- showing that he had uh scratches from the back of his on the back of his hand and bruises on his arms and he claimed he could um that those could possibly be defense wounds so sorry i had to remember that part uh can't they get something out of that though like out of the scratches like dna i don't know i think they could Mm, maybe Mm -mm. i'm thinking just like fingernail no it would be under her fingernails. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. yeah. Through the medical examiner, the prosecutor was able to bring up the fact that Jody would have shot Travis after the knife wounds. So, 
which in the very beginning, Jodius didn't say that. So, um, oh, she never mentioned that she shot him. Correct. Okay. No, no, no. She ended up saying that she killed him in self-defense. Okay. I'll get to that. So the police officer that responded to Jody's grandparents' home robbery, remember their gun was oh, yeah, yeah, robbed? Yeah. Uh, was brought to the stand. And they explained their robbery and how the gun with the same bullet caliber that was stolen from the grandparents' house was the same exact caliber that was found in Travis's bathroom that was used to kill him. Interesting. And that gun was never recovered. Okay. So where the heck did you put it? Yeah. It's probably somewhere in the Salt Lakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which just sucks. But after the prosecutor brought after the prosecution rests their case, Kurt and Ernie. <laughs> remember <laughs> Jody's team took uh, the proceeding <laughs> Burton Ernie why <laughs> he brought Daryl Brewer he he was a handsome fit man um, but was also 20 years older than Jody Daryl was Jody's Jody's ex-boyfriend that lived in San Diego. Okay. Oh, okay. The one that she stayed with. Mm, yes. She went okay. down to visit her quote-unquote friends, and it was just like an ex-boyfriend. Right. Daryl claimed that Jody was a responsible person and who loved his son, who Jody loved his son and had a great re- relationship with him, and he did a great job at humanizing Jody. And making her seem like a normal person, like someone that wouldn't stab their boyfriend to death. However, the DA during cross examination asked Daryl some information that had that he had up his sleeve. So okay. that like this whole time, the prosecutor had this like smoking gun, and he didn't tell what. I'm so comfortable. <laughs> he didn't tell anybody about it because he didn't want the defense. Att- the defense to find out about it yeah you don't want to know you don't want someone to know about your like your your card yeah exactly so he was like super excited with the one of the documentaries that i watched on this he was like he seemed so excited to like (laughs) i got you you son of a keep on talking yeah so um uh he when it was time for cross-examination the defense or the prosecutor was like, all right, Daryl, before Jody went, he asked Daryl, before Jody went on her trip to Southern California, then over to Salt Lake City, she asked you while she was in Southern California if she could borrow 10 two or two 10 gallon gas tanks. That's odd. And Daryl was under oath so he said yes and uh considering there are gas stations like everywhere like right california yeah. is littered with them arizona's littered with them yeah salt lake city is littered with Especially them if and you're traveling on like a main highway on a main highway the highways are going to be littered with them so just littering gas stations unless you're going through canada from alaska oh <laughs> you don't need to bring extra and, gas. 
And hold on real quick. <laughs> Why can't you pay at the pump? You have to go inside to pay when oh, you do and, find a gas yeah. station. Yeah, I know. It's really And annoying. so if you're in the middle of the night, they're closed. I had a, I had a lot of great conversations with gas attendants, though, through Canada. Some of them nice. Some of them not. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Side note. Okay. So they're like, that's super weird. Why would you need a gas station or gas tanks going to ca- Calif- from California to Salt Lake City? And that's not even that far, right? From Southern California? Uh, I guess Salt Lake City. I yeah. guess it would be, a. am going to say like, an because from. Eight hour trip. No, it's further than that because. 12, I mean, maybe, 14, may, maybe because you're in. 16. Stop. Because <laughs> from L.A. to Vegas, I think it's an eight-hour drive, and Vegas is is in the middle of Nevada, uh-huh. and you're up in Salt Lake City, which is in Utah. That's kind of a long drive. Yeah. But uh, still, you don't need gas tanks. You don't need gas tanks. There's, you're on main highways. These balloons are so cute. Sorry. I know. I wish that they were all. It looked so. I should have taken a picture. They looked so cute. Like oh, they were still super cute. Down. Flooded the entire thing. They're very cute. Thank you. Well, it turns out Martinez determined Jody didn't stop at any gas stations while she was in Arizona, so she wouldn't have any receipts. Okay. That's the point. So she was able to use those gas stations from the second she entered Arizona and to the second she was out of Arizona. So she had no proof that she was actually there, which was actually kind of smart. Oh, but wait, wait. So, okay. So. No proof. I'm. So she wouldn't have a paper trail of her being in Arizona. Okay, okay, okay. Because she used these gas tanks instead of going and getting gas. Oh, okay, okay, got you. Yeah. So, okay, I I get it now. So we're trying to get to premeditated crap. Correct. Okay, all right, proceed. All right, I'm following along now. (laughs) So she had stored all of her receipts for this trip in a shoebox that they had found while recovering information from her home in Wairika during a search warrant. Something that normally doesn't happen in murder trials is bring the defendant to the witness stand because all cards are off when you bring the defendant, the person being accused of this murder onto the witness stand because they're supposed to quote unquote, no lies, but I've personally witnessed people lying on the stand. So they're not supposed to, but they do. But regardless, all cards are off. Jody claimed that at one point he went over to her house. She she went over to his house and he when she was there, he asked her for $200. Travis or Daryl? Travis asked Jody for $200. Okay. Which is weird because he makes a lot of money, right? Yeah, and she's an ex. Yeah. And when Jody said she didn't have it, he sh- he shook her and said he was sick of her, and she fell on the ground, and he kicked her a few times. And at one point, his foot hit her ring finger, causing it to be permanently bent. Oh, that is a bent finger. 
snap. Yep. So during that time when Jody was up at the witness stand, the defense team read and listened to a lot of conversations between her and Travis. They were very explicit, like nasty conversations, um, you know, talking about what he will or did do to her sexually. And she really like didn't stop him from the way he would like she didn't say like, stop, that's making me uncomfortable. She just like let it happen and kind of even like engaged in it. Uh, she also claimed one point he walked in on she walked in on him pleasuring himself to child pornography, which I said, uh, or in which she claimed she knew he was interested in young boys and something personal. There's nothing worse than claiming someone is a pedophile. Uh, I personally understand the severity of that. And it's, so it's not something that anyone takes slightly. Yeah. And, like, shame on her for saying that. Unless yeah. it was true. Yeah. So, uh, Jody's testimony claimed while she was taking photos of Travis, she dropped the camera and Travis snapped. He ran after her and she ran to the closet and grabbed the gun. He said, I am going to kill you. And she shot towards him with the gun. Okay. But according to her, she didn't know she even shot him. And then when they were... When they wrestled, she stabbed him, and after that, she blacked out. So, during the cross-examination with Martinez, are you okay? Yeah. Okay. He, Martinez, at this point, the prosecutor, he's pissed. He's like, this has gone on long enough. Yeah. Like, I'm over your lies and your manipulation and everything like that. Um. So, he really... As watching it, like, I've never seen a prosecutor, like, get this unhinged with a witness or with the the defendant. Uh, he would, something simple, I mean, he so he pushed this question. Something simple, he would ask, like, how far back your memory loss started? Like, how far back did your memory loss start? And she was like, she literally would smile and, and say... I don't know what you're talking about. What? And he's like, but you said you don't remember. You blacked out. Like, how far back is this, like, been a problem? And she's like, I don't really, like, see it as a problem. I wouldn't call it that. And he what? and he said. It is whenever you're involved in a murder case. Yeah. And he's like, uh, what triggers your memory loss? And she, <laughs> she, she said. Normally when men like you are screaming at me, <gasps> like, she's just being a bitch. Yeah. So. You need to be, you need to be kissing up. I know. So then Martinez, especially because people are watching her, mm -hmm. you know, so show remorse here. But in her defense, though, he was unhinged. Yeah. He was ticked. So I mean, I, I can't I, blame him. Though. I don't. I know. So it's working like working this case for what five years? Is that yeah, what you said? Yeah. So I see both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Then Martinez brought out her diary and read her a few entries in there, like about how she loved Travis and how she asked. Um. And when Martinez asked if he was so abusive, why didn't you mention anything in here about that? And. Uh, she said she believes in the laws of attraction. 
meaning you aren't supposed to say or write anything negative about the person to avoid bringing that negative energy into the relationship. Okay. I've never heard that before. Yeah, me neither. So, um, I thought laws of attraction meant like you are attracted to who you're attracted to. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that is exactly what I saw it as. Okay. So, the finger. Her ring finger that is... Finally, a, that we brought up in the first part of this. I know. So, Martinez had Jody show the courtroom her bent finger. He then shows the courtroom of a photo of Jody with her arm around her sister's shoulders with her that finger and that hand shown clearly. Her finger was straight. It was not bent. And that photo was taken five months after she claimed Travis picked her. <gasps> and so watching the documentary, watching the, not the document, the trial, because it was all filmed. He's like, show up your finger, you know, like put it out. And she would like literally like, I don't even know how she did it because it's your ring finger. So that's like a lot of muscles. Like it was like. She literally made it bend, but all the other fingers are straight. She literally had it bend, but in the photo, like, and it's not like a little bit, it's like bent, right? In the photo, it is not like that. Like you would see it shorter than the rest. You would see the bend in it in the photo. It is straight. So she's like, I can't put it down. Like, I don't know. So, Martinez then brings out a uh, claw. The claw. <laughs> the claw. <laughs> You've so been no, chosen. That's another thing we do a lot in the podcast is we reference Disney. Yeah. So, Martinez then... I blame it on kids. Yeah, I was about well, to say, Amy it. loves Disney, but I, lo- I have kids. <laughs> <laughs> I love Disney, too, but yeah. You did have your honeymoon there. I did. I'm jealous. Awesome. Um, Martinez then brings up how there were multiple stab wounds on Travis's back. Right. Which during his questioning, he mentioned, if you are claiming Travis is attacking you, how can he attack you if his back is turned to you? (gasps) That's true. So... That's that. In total, Jody was on the stand for 18 days. Jeez. And that was just for her own oh testimony. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. After the defense rest, the closing argument started. When the prosecutor did his closing argument, he had the entire courtroom sit in silence for two whole solid minutes. And saying this is the amount of time it took for Jody to take Travis's life. Wow. That's cold. Yeah. Good move. Yeah. Really Way good to be move. sympathetic. Just to let it just <clears throat> everyone sit there for two minutes thinking like this Why is Why are we sitting here? <laughs> Not what they're what? thinking. Like, I wanna go home. I'm getting <laughs> paid two dollars so for bad. this. I gotta pee so bad. <laughs> it's not eighteen cal or you know how much it costs for in Alaska, if if you're on the witness stand, if you're called to witness, you get $12.50, baby. For an hour? Nope. A day. Oh, yeah. A day. Uh, I don't know how much they pay 
uh, jurors, though. That's so But witness weird. people, like, oh, if okay, you're called okay. to witness, you get a check, and it's $12. I know jurors cents. get paid. I know it's not a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's not a lot. Yeah. But I've been a lot of juror many times. A lot of companies uh, compensate for it. that. Oh. Yeah. I was always pregnant. Oh, uh, good or for you. some stupid excuse. I've never been called. I've been called like four times. Rick gets it was called like all the time. within two years, I got called like four times, and I was like, "They they just want me." Like, I know. Sorry. And then people like me want to go. On I so I, I want to go now. Yeah. Now that I, I just you're not go. pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Rick gets called all the stinking time. He got called twice this year already. My dad said it's a lot of. It's really cool. Yeah. He said except for whenever you have to go for really like, rough cases, like. Yeah. Like, that would be rough. But yeah. he said it's really cool to be a part of that. And my he's, mom. He's like, go do your civ- civic duty. My mom's okay, gotten called for a bank robbery. That one was fun. Oh. Yeah. And some other ones. I can't remember. All right, universe. So. Two minutes. The defense team took a different angle for their closing argument, stating that it, this isn't about how much you like Jody. He, the the attorney said nine at times out of ten. I don't even like Jody. <laughs> <laughs> it's about I don't blame him. It's about defending her and uh, the or it, this is about defending herself from okay. Travis. Right. The trial or the trial in total took four months to complete. And Jody's life was now in the hands of tra- 12 strangers that had heard every single private detail about her and Travis's life. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So one of the jurors was really struggling with pre- the premeditation. He said, I don't understand how a woman could lay in bed with this person all day knowing that she's going to kill him. Yeah. I get that. But also... That's what murderers yeah. do. They they disassociate themselves exactly. from it. Like who? What would? A, why would someone stab someone multiple times after shooting them? Exactly. So exactly. Like she's not sane. There's many murderers. Murderers that have are close with their victims. Close with their victims, yeah. and they know that they're going to kill them. Yeah. So. Anyways, so. May eighth, two thousand thirteen, the jury came back with a verdict. They found her guilty on first degree murder. Not even hour after her leaving the courtroom, she met with a local TV station for an interview. Oh Lord! They talked about her emotions and whatnot, and she said, "I'd rather get death after." I'd rather get death than life. I believe death is the ultimate freedom, which I completely agree with. That's why when people say, like, I wish he was dead. Why? Yeah, exactly. Why he gets away with it. Yeah. I did, like, you're, like, having to suffer in prison knowing yeah. that you can't be with your loved ones. Exactly. And that you're with all these people. Yeah. yeah I, I say I agree. that all the time. I agree. I feel like that's more of a suffering. Like, sure, they get to talk to them on the phone. So? Yeah. If they're dead, they get to do whatever they want. Yep. They get to talk to them on the phone, which means they get to hear about everything that's going on in their lives that yes. they're missing. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. So a few weeks later, the same jury came back for her sentencing. 
Travis's family members started their victim's impact statements, which caused the whole courtroom to cry. Then Jody spoke to beg with the jury to spare her life. Uh, during her statement, she brought out a shirt that she had made, and it said Survivor on it, claiming all the proceeds for the purchases of these shirts that she is selling goes to the victims of domestic violence. What? <laughs> and you could literally hear the eyes rolling oh in the courtroom. Oh, my gosh. She is... Oh my she gosh. is something else. Trying so hard. I know. After three days, the jury came back with a deliberation for the death penalty. And domestic violence, but she's the one causing the violence. I know. Sorry. Eight. Just, still just. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, eight out of twelve voted for death. Two or four voted, saying four came back as life. Okay. And because it is a death penalty, that's it considered, it has to be unanimous. unanimous. Right. It was determined as a mistrial. <gasps> so they have to go back into the courtroom and do this all over again. I just got goosebumps. I don't know For why, but I did. four months, you're sitting there defending and defending or, you know, prosecuting, prosecuting, and they have to do it all over again. Why? I would be so mad but why why because do, why don't they just like since more people voted for freaking life because it has vote, to vote be i know because it's the death penalty so then why. don't vote the death penalty was it well because that's the court what that's what the court that's what he was going for was premeditation which would be the death penalty that's so annoying i know so and i will say Do they have to get new jurors uh the yeah, reason sure. why, yeah, give me a second. The reason why they they pushed for the death penalty so hard was because of uh, Travis's family asked for it. Okay, okay. I mean, it definitely was a motive for the prosecutor, but he didn't ever take that off the table because the family's like, no, this is what we want. Right. So a year and a half later, they're back in the same courtroom, same judge, same lawyers, different jury. Okay. Martinez didn't have to, to restart prove... everything. Well, he didn't have to prove guilt because that's already been determined with the first degree murder. Um, but he did have to prove that she deserves the death penalty. Okay. After weeks on end of doing the same song and dance on February 25th, 2015, after six days, the jury submitted a statement claiming the jury selection is hung and longer time will not change their decision. Eleven were for death and one was oh. for life. So so that was two chances. And in the state of Arizona, the prosecution only gets two chances at proving someone deserves the death penalty. So it was taken off the table, okay. not because of his choice. It was because of it couldn't come to unanimous vote after two trials. Right. Or after two chances. So, by default, Jody got life in prison with no possibility of parole. Good. Reporters were reporting that it shows it's more difficult to put an attractive young woman to death regardless of their crimes. And justice should be blind, but it is not. Yeah. Agreed. And that is the final episode of Al Travis Alexander and Jody Aries. That was good. 
I'd never heard of that before. It is a wild one. Yeah. Like, it, it you go to, like, one dead end and hit another, and it's just like, geez, what happened? And that's why I couldn't do it in one, not even two yeah, episodes. Yeah, no, definitely not, because new things keep on coming it's up. It's so long. It was so long. So she's still, in, I assume she's, she's still, still alive. Oh, yeah. And she's she, still kicking. She's still just soaks up <laughs> any media attention. I didn't even want to cover the after of her, because it's stupid. Eye roll. Yeah. <laughs> she's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. But I mean, I mean, she looks so much better blonde. But yeah, I agree. I, <laughs> when I was looking at her picture, I thought so too. Yeah, she's a natural brunette, though, right? She looked like I she was a natural. She could be. She looked like she I know was she. Natural. Uh, I just I feel I feel for her parents. Yeah. And so when I was talking to Rick, yes, last week, um. I already told you this. Yeah. When I was talking to Rick last week, he was like, have you heard of the lady from Northern California that, like, traveled to Arizona and stabbed her husband to death? And I was like, are you talking about Jody Aries? And he's like, I don't know who you're talking – I don't know who that is, but <laughs> you should look into that. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you're talking about Jody Aries. <laughs> That's who I'm doing. Like I've been do- working on this is a big. This is a big story I've been I've working on. Already got on. this covered. I was like, thank you, bud. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thanks for the story suggestion, but uh, I already got it covered. I thought it was funny because I was like, I don't know any other story from like that. Like, I don't. That I, was a good one. I like that. I like that it ended on our anniversary. Yeah. Too. That's kind of a. I'm ready for nice a new story. Touch. <laughs> like a clean slate. A clean slate. Starting episode fifty-three, new year. New, new year, me. new me. <laughs> what am new I going to do? New year, n- new sound, maybe. Not. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? We apologize for the buzzing, guys, but please just bear with just us. Just bear we with us. We do our best. We're gonna... We just, you know. We, we we just need a tech guy. We gal. just need the money for a tech guy. but Or someone just to volunteer. Yeah, you know. We give you a shout out. Do you yeah. have a podcast? Yeah. We'll, you, we'll promote your podcast. Do you need a job somewhere? We'll recommend you very highly. Yes, yeah, so you could be our intern. Yep. Non-paid internship. <laughs> the best. We will provide the coffee. We will not be mean to your to you. We've been here a while. Yeah, so this this is our podcast. Happy one year anniversary. Thank you for sticking with us, guys. Um, if you don't know where to listen to us, find us anywhere you like to stream your podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. You can rate and review us. We really appreciate those. They really do help. Um, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, anywhere. Just search at WWTN podcast. We also have a Facebook group, which we're really active on. We're getting new members all the time and we love talking to you guys. Makes our day. Um, we have a website called what's with the neighbors.com. And on there you can find a link to everything that she just mentioned, along with a link to our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash WWT and podcast and a link choo choo. And for five dollars a month you can be a uh, next door neighbor and you get our videos unedited. <laughs> this this episode is gonna be awesome to watch, uh, for sure. Um and uh, exclusive content and for $3 a month you can be a neighbor and you can get our audio episodes early along with exclusive content and feel free to slide into our DMs with any questions, comments, or story suggestions 
uh, we want to hear your true crime and paranormal stories, please share and them. And neighborhood. And neighborhood but please stories. involve neighborhoods. Yeah, <laughs> we want to hear it. Um, so do that at uh, wwtnpodcast at gmail.com. And have you checked in on the neighbors? What's with the neighbors? Bring, Bring Amy, Amy out. out. What's with the neighbors? Happy one year anniversary. Happy. 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 Say hi to your cats for us. Tony, take it away.